Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Tom Dorian is here with me, as always, sidekick. Wingman. Yes, Good sir. to have you here. Thank you for having me. We're going to need you here today, too, because we have got to talk about a topic that is so important. I think it's on a lot of folks' minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, I think we would qualify as experts to talk about this. Really? To some degree. Well, between us, we have like, what, 37 kids, something Feels like, like that. It. Feels I've like got it. nine, you've got five. Is that yes, right? That's 14 between us. Isn't that something? It doesn't necessarily make us experts, but it does mean that we've dealt with some of these topics. A right. lot right. in our lives. Mm-hmm. And the topic specifically we're going to talk about is what happens uh, when, uh, you know, oh, my goodness, my mm-hmm. kids are leaving the church. That's a tough topic, Deacon Jeff. Yeah, we've been, we, we, you know, we raised them in the faith. Yeah. We, we went to Mass every Sunday. Yep. We did all the things we were supposed to do. They got their uh, baptism. They got their first communion. They got their confirmation. And, you know, we gave them little presents each time. You know, when they were confirmed, we gave them a little a hundred bucks or whatever. And, a, mm-hmm. you know, welcome to the Catholic world. Yeah. Now you're an, a quote unquote Catholic adult. Right. Right. And then so often they kind of wander, start to drift, start to drift at that point, no matter, no matter who you are and what you've done. And that's, and that's what we want to talk about. Uh, what happens when your kids say they don't want to be Catholic anymore? Okay. Now, I, I guess we want to start by saying that there's no judgment here. Right. Because we as parents, you know, we're not pointing judgment at, at you as parents out there listening, saying that, you know, your kids aren't Catholic because you messed up. Right. Right. We have to all admit that we live in a very complex and difficult and very secular world right now. Totally. Well, there's so much noise out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you, you, your kids listen to music, don't they, Tom? They listen, oh, yeah. they watch, they do the video games, they watch the television. And so it's a very anti-Catholic message out there. Yeah, and it's louder today than it was when we were growing up. I think it's especially so with the with the, the electronics. Of the, oh, the the internet and such nonstop has really uh, really uh, created a situation where we don't have the the majority voice in the home really you anymore. You don't. It's very difficult. So you parents out there who might think, well, is he saying that I screwed up? Right. Now you may have. But but I'm not going to blame you because it's hard to do a great job of parenting these days. It really is a challenge. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of this is just self talk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because we've not all of it. we've had to we've had to deal with this stuff ourselves. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. So is, is, if I say something about you, listener, trust me, I'm talking about myself here. Exactly. As well, make that make that clear up front. And then also, just want to say that this show is really not about um, addressing the the situation of how to fix the church, quote unquote. Right. Right. That all the things we need to do. Well, if we had this and we had that, we put the big screens and we had the music and we had the whatever. the Tambourines. Right. All that stuff that the kids would just come flowing in. Right. We're not going to talk about that so much. Okay. Really what we want to talk about is more specifically what's going on in in your life, in in the domestic church. Right. Right. Not the church that we drive to every Sunday morning and on holy days of obligation, but really the domestic church. What's going on in your home? Yeah. And that's what we're going to try to talk to. So as parents, and trust me, as a deacon, I, many times at, at the parish, I'll be um, sitting there just in my office doing crossword puzzles, you know, whatever I have to do to, to bide my time. Just kidding. But, Tough gig. Yeah, sitting there, and, uh, <laughs> and, and invariably I will have a conference or a, a conversation with a, a troubled parent who is saying, my kids don't want to be Catholic anymore. What do I do? How do I fix that? Mm-hmm. 
right? And so it's not a simple answer. So we decide we to devote what we can in a program to that topic to help those, and not just parents, but people who are have uh, uh, younger folks or whatever in their care, right. whether it's guardians or even people who are mentors, friends, uh, et cetera, yeah. and have people who are young adults and uh, and or you encounter people who are young who look up to you. Yeah. Um, what can we do to help the situation where they've, I don't know, they just kind of lost their way with the church. They don't see the church as being relevant to them in their life. Um, now, the, so the first thing I would say is I would talk to parents who I have many parents who have come to me and said, well, you know, my, my kid doesn't go to the Catholic church anymore, mm-hmm. but at least they go to the church down the street. Right. Good Christian church. Praising Jesus. Yeah. You know, so at least that's good, right? And so they'll say that like, well, everything's okay now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while I will say that's better mm-hmm. than not, but most importantly, I guess I want to say, you know, is that good enough? Right. Are you happy with that? Mm-hmm. And do we feel like that's receiving the fullness that Christ intended mm-hmm. for not only us, but for them in their lives, receiving the sacraments, et cetera, et cetera. And if we really believe that, it really isn't good enough that they're there. Now, you can't just yank them out, no. especially if they're young adults. You can't just pluck them out right. um, and, uh, and then put them back in your pew next to you. Right. That ain't going to work anymore, Mm-mm. right? Because they're not seven years old anymore. No. Right? No, they're so, making their own choices. Yeah, ex- exactly right. So we have to be aware of that. But at the same time, as, as, a, as parents and adults, we have to realize that um, we, have to, we have to know that they've made this decision, but it's, it may not be good for them. And we can, we're still their parents. Right. And we still need to act like their parents. But there's ways to uh, think of going about doing that. Things that I've also done and you've also done mm-hmm. that we've come up with this kind of list of do's and don'ts that we'll talk about as we get along here. But really where it starts is that question. I would ask you, Tom, do you love your kids? Absolutely. Right. right. And, and, and do you want what's best for them? Absolutely. Yeah, see, you, everyone thinks, and I think everyone in our audience would say, yes, I love them. Yeah. I truly do love them, and I truly do want what is best for them. Yeah. Right? Which I think we all would feel in our hearts. That's Catholicism. Mm-hmm. That is the fullness of God's revelation, the fullness of worship, the fullness of his mercy and love expressed uh, in, in this Catholic faith. And I think we'd all want that for our kids. Right? And so, but at the heart of that, we have to ask ourselves, do we really believe that, you know, Catholicism is the best answer, right? And a lot of yeah. people, yeah, well, I do, I and do I know you do, yeah. and I think most people would say, yeah, but then sometimes you start to wonder, do they really say yes, right? And so, oops, but the kids don't believe that. So if I believe, yes, that Catholicism is the answer, it's the fullness, it's what God intends, what Jesus intended when he started to build, to, mm-hmm. to, he built that church on the rock of St. Peter, right. it's what Jesus intended, mm-hmm. Right. The problem is people start saying, well, my kids don't believe it, so they're in the wrong, and so I've got I've to fix that. But I think where we start in all this, mm-hmm. after we've determined that we love our children and would do anything for them, right. we have to start by looking in the mirror. Okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's not always an easy thing to do. No, it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as I get older, it's more and more difficult oh, it is. to look in the mirror. But, you know, you have to ask yourself these questions. Do you truly believe all that the church professes and teaches. Yeah. That's a big question. It is a big question. Because a lot of times we we pick and choose, mm-hmm. right? We're in favor of women's ordination. We're, we're in favor of a same-sex marriage. Or we're, we think that the church needs to be more open to this or, you know, right. and, and admit that. You know, and I know there's all these complex questions and, and things that are going on out there. But a lot of times we fail to be fully, to fully embrace what the church teaches. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about that. You know, kids can see right through us, can't oh, they? Oh, yeah. They know. 
I mean, have, have they ever come to you, Tom, and said, Dad, I know that's what you're saying, mm-hmm. but, dude, you're not doing that. Yeah, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't had that occur. But you can You're such t- a good man, though. Well, no, you can just tell that their wheels are constantly turning. They're watching every move. Exactly. They know your voice inflection. They know your facial expressions. That's right. And they're, yeah, le- you they're can't learning hide. that stuff. You can't and hide. so the, I guess the, the, the thing is that if, if you know that kids can see right through you, that means that you've got to really believe right. what you're talking about. Right. If you want them to be Catholic, that means you first have to be Catholic. This is the domestic church, and you are the first and most prime example of Catholicism to that child, not some book. Not a school teacher, not a a priest or a a deacon or a sister or brother, not the bishop, not the pope. It's you, mom or dad. You are Catholicism to that child. And if you're not living it, if you don't believe it, they're not going to believe it. There's a great Latin phrase, nemo da quod non habet. You know, I'm always spouting off the Latin. Easy for you to say. And I probably actually mispronounced it. I'm sure uh, you did. But it means you. I wouldn't know. It's an old legal expression, and the church has adopted it. You cannot give what you do not have. That's true. And if you're trying to give something to your kids and you don't really have it. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. At all. Right? So when we're talking about our kids not being Catholic, sometimes kids grow up and they're just like you. Right. And then you have to look at yourself and realize maybe I'm not as Catholic as I think I am. Yeah. And is there room for uh, for growth there? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of things. So what do you do if you, if you look at yourself and you think, well, wait a second. If I want to teach them about Catholicism, you know, maybe you need to learn more about your faith. Right. Does that mean you need to go to classes that you need to read? Do they need to see a Bible on your bedside? Do they need to realize that there's a copy of the catechism in the house that's actually opened? Right. Right. If it makes a crackling noise when you open the pages, <laughs> probably need to get it out a little more often. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Either that or oil the pages because exactly. it's it's not been opened enough. You know, we're right. not reading these things and we're not listening to what the Holy Father has to say or what the church is speaking through her many documents. And and that's something that we need to start doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean just going to mass. Just going to mass on Sundays and holy days is not enough. Got to do some homework. That's right. We got to really study and immerse ourselves in the heart of the church and the in the teachings and and knowing the saints and celebrating the saints and all these things in our life. We can't. It's not just enough. So we have to learn more about our faith. But then also we have to live our faith. Mm-hmm. Our kids need to see us going to mass every single Sunday and holy day of obligation yep. at the very least. Yep. The number of people that tell, confess to me and say they don't have to confess their sins to a deacon. Let's not just be clear about that. But they will tell me in a sort of confessory way. They'll say, you know, I try to get to mass every Sunday, but we can't because we're so busy. And again, I understand that sentiment. I, I'm busy too. But the reality is, when you don't go to mass every Sunday, your kids are going to grow up and not go to mass every Sunday. Right. So you don't expect them to do what you're not doing, right? right? So we need to make sure we go to mass and we do those things, but also that we do things like go to adoration, right? That we that we pray the rosary. Yep. That we go to confession and we let them know that we're doing those things, not as a, a point of pride and braggadocio behavior and say, hey, this is what, what we're doing. And or from look an at invitation me. standpoint. You invite them right. and say, hey, you know what? I know you're not really, you don't really jive on this. But you want to go with me and kind of hang out and we're going to whatever. Oh, wait for me. I got to go to confession. So wait for me and then we'll go on and do what we're going to do or something right. like that. Just, you know, do those kind of things. But then also you need to be able to explain what it is because you know kids are smart these days they've got the internet they've they've got everything now at their fingertips and they're going to challenge everything you say mm-hmm. so you need to be able to explain it mm-hmm. so that goes to the heart of learning more about your faith but be able to turn it around and explain it in a way that you understand it right if you can be conversational with your child about your faith that's going to make a a huge a huge difference and of course you also have to gain their trust and know that you're not trying to they have to know you're not trying to pull one over on them 
Right. They have to want to do it because they you they know that you have their best interest at heart. I know most parents would say I do all those things and that's good, but we should reevaluate those things in our own life. Yep. Now we've got more to talk about with this uh, this concept of keeping our kids Catholic, but what happens when they want to leave? Uh, but before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The answers are forthcoming, so don't go away. We'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Monica is a North African saint who has inspired millions of Catholics to pray and hope for their family members who have fallen away from or who have never even approached the Church of Christ. She was married at an early age to a man of her parents' choosing. Her spouse was a pagan man with a secure income and an exalted position within the community. Unfortunately, he lacked integrity and basic virtue. He was unfaithful to their marital vows and abusive. A biographer of St. Monica's wrote, She knew, she saw, but she kept quiet and suffered in silence. She prayed and probably wept, but realized that the religion of the pagans condoned great moral degradation. Like so many women of her time, she had nowhere in the world to turn. So instead, she turned heavenward to the help of the Almighty. And help he did. St. Monica was so well known for her deep inner peace and holiness that she began to counsel other women who had unfaithful and wayward husbands. Because of her great witness to the love of Christ in her own life, her husband eventually renounced sin and became a Christian. He died soon after his conversion and left St. Monica with her children. One of her children was the famous St. Augustine of Hippo, who had completely renounced the Christian faith of his upbringing and was living a dissolute life. The saintly woman prayed, encouraged, and pleaded with her son, like any good mother is apt to do. She followed him from their home in North Africa to Rome, and finally to Milan. St. Monica prayed to God on her son's behalf for many, many years. She never lost hope, and she never stopped praying. After many turbulent years in the lives of both St. Monica and St. Augustine, her prayers were answered. St. Augustine is now one of the greatest and most revered fathers and doctors of the Church. Many of our stories are not as dramatic as St. Monica's or St. Augustine's, but we can all learn from her persistence and filial love. Family and friends have left or avoided the loving arms of the church for many and various reasons, but they all come back for the same reason, the experience of Christ's powerful love. St. Monica is a great witness to this love of Jesus Christ. Her persistence and gentle patience are a roadmap for our own lives and conversions. St. Monica's feast day is August 27th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we are talking about what happens when your kids say, we're done, we're out of here. Tough subject. It is a tough subject. We love our kids. 
uh, or those who we're caring for. And we want to make sure that they know that we love them. Oh, yeah. And once we've gained that trust and we've looked at ourselves and realized, you know what? We've examined this ourselves and we believe Catholicism is the best thing in the world out there because Jesus gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Right? Once we believe that, again, not from a prideful perspective and we're number one and you no, hold up your finger. it's a gift and you want to pass it on. Right. We don't want to lord it over people. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I guess what do we do now? Let's, let's address how as a, as a parent or a caregiver, how do I address that person who wants to leave the church? Right. This works also for adults. You know, when you're talking yeah. to a fellow adult who's decided, you know, the, I, there's nothing there for me. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? But really it's for those who are under your care mostly, I think. Uh, and one of the things I think first, well, some of the things we shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. I think there's some obvious things I think we shouldn't do. And one is um, we've, we've heard this phrase. We've probably used it because I said so. <laughs> you know, honestly, when they were three, four, five, six, and seven, because I said so worked. In fact, your kids had to do what you said because you, simply because you said it. Right. But as they start to get older, they start, they're beyond that age of reason. They start to want to reason and figure this out. They still have to do what you say, but you have to do a better job of explaining why these things are true, not simply because I said so. Yeah. And so certainly by the time that they're an adult, you know, they're, they're busting into year 17, they're 18. That's not going to work. Why is that going to work? Right. Because we're, where we're are their minds? Up with it. Well, that, but also they're, they're getting older. Oh yeah. They're, they have their own minds and that's right. And so they, you know, they're developing their own mind, mm. their own identity. And you can't just say, well, cause I said so. Right. Um, and so we have to remember not to lord it over the kids. Right. That that doesn't work. Another thing that doesn't work, I think, is those little times, you know, where you like uh, you lay the little leaflet or the pamphlet on the pillow. <laughs> you know, mom is ever so gentle and she doesn't believe you're on the right path. And so rather than address it to you, she'll never say a word to your face, but she'll lay like little pamphlets that say, you know, you're going to hell, you know, or whatever. I'm just kidding. She wouldn't do, mom wouldn't do that. But, you know, all these different little uh, holy cards and things. And those are good things. But. You have to understand when a person is not in that camp, a holy yeah. card to them is a piece of paper. In fact, it, it gets to be sort of like a violation of their yeah, privacy. It's an irritant. Yeah, they don't, they don't like it. Exactly. And so, we, so I think, you know, I'm not saying that you should never have holy cards in your home, but I, you should use them yourself about your kids rather than give your kids these holy cards because I don't think they're receptive to that at this right, point. Right. If they're announcing they're leaving the church, they're not going to look at a holy card and go, you know what, Mom, Dad, you're right. Just because of St. Alphonsus Liguri and this little card, I have decided to become the best Catholic ever. Now, right. maybe that'll work, and there are miracles in the church, but I don't, I don't bank on those things yeah. as much. Um, and, um, and then also trickery. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just, like, trick your kids back into the church by saying, hey, you want to go get some ice cream? And then, like, you go get ice cream, but before you go, hey, can we drop my adoration first? And let's just spend an hour there, and then we'll go have ice cream. It's like, well, hold on. You told me we're going to get ice cream. You know, bait and switch. You don't bait and switch Catholic faith. Right. Or you can't make them want something. Because um, now when they're two and three and four, I'm a big fan of saying, y'all want to go to adoration? Well, I tell them, to, I say, look, if, we go to, if you go to adoration with me, we'll go and get a milkshake at McDonald's. Yeah. Right? One of those triple thick milkshakes they used to have. My little kids grew up on those things, you know. And, and consequently, they, for some reason, they go into adoration and their mouth starts salivating. I don't know why. <laughs> The, for the hunger for the Lord. I don't know. But the point is, I think it's fine when they're a little kid. You are not right. But after a while, Tom, don't you think you have to kind of explain what's going on and you why? Yeah. Right? And so that's not going to work on a, on a big kid. Right. They're not going to care anymore right. about having – they can get ice cream on their own. On their own. they got their own spending money. They're not going to need you to give them ice cream or whatever right. the bait and switch might be. We don't sure. do that. And then, of course, I think it's not a good thing to do the sort of 
woe is me and what have I done wrong and you know and 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 put your hand on your forehead and be so disappointed in them and and just walk around wailing complex. gnashing of teeth and whatnot yeah because the, the guilt complex is not going to work either no. it's just going to make them more staunchly non whatever you are exactly right and I know you can feel those things but I, I just I hasten to I, I beg you because we learn sometimes the hard way and maybe you need to learn your, your own way as well but we learned that expressing it that way didn't make anything any better. It just made them feel guilty. They felt bad about disappointing you, and yet they still didn't agree with the the faith. Right. Right? And, of course, also another thing not to do is just assume that whatever school you have enrolled them in or whatever priest that you you ship them off to and say, hey, go see Father so-and-so, that this is just going to solve the issue. It's kind of like we're sending them to the doctor or sending them to be fixed. Send, send them to the hospital. Right. Right? Well, that's not that's not going to work. Mm-mm. I mean, essentially, I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't talk to the priest, but they want to have to do it on their own. Yeah. Right? You can, you can say, hey, do you want to go talk to Father So-and-so? He's kind of young and hip and cool. He's got a beard. Mm-hmm. You know? He, he likes to go uh, uh, mountain climbing and stuff. Go talk to Father So-and-so. He's got a beard. Yeah. Well, we know Father Rust. I'm talking about, <laughs> hey, shout out to Father Adam Rust in the Diocese of Memphis. He's young right. and hip and cool. And he does all the cool things. He goes camping and all that kind of stuff. He's a right. man's man. And so a young man might want to go to talk to him, but you have to ask them, and they, and they have to want to do it. Right. You don't just make an, I made you an appointment with Father. Right. Father's going to straighten all this stuff out. That's something you don't do as yeah. well. And, of course, there's this aspect that we're going we're gonna to fix everything with our kids if we just start fixing the stuff in the church, if we, if we fix the music, if right. we have more contemporary. You know, we've got all these contemporary masses, and, and, and God love everybody who wants to have that, that music. That's great. I'm all in favor of it. But the, the reality is, you know, listen to the music that you have at the 6 o'clock contemporary mass, right? And then look at your kids' music collection. I, I beg to differ with you. I don't think your kids have any of the music that's sung at mass in their collection. So it's still not their music. I mean, right. if they had like uh, at our at our six o'clock mass, if they had Mumford and Sons and or they had uh, <laughs> the entire original cast of Disney's Frozen come in and sing, well, that would be different. That's that's relevant to those kids. And they got that music. Right. Right. But we we put this contemporary music and say it's the kids music and the young people because they got some drums and whatnot. But they're still playing you know, 1960s and 70s Jesuit stuff. It's still 40 and 50 years old. It's not new music. Right. And so really the, the music isn't the answer. While I love all kinds of different types of music, mm-hmm. and I encourage that in the church, just sending them to the contemporary mass is not going to fix anything. Yeah. Right? It's really about the content. So what what will work? An intervention. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hold them down and start yelling at them. No. What will work? What will work is you got to give them space. Yep. Right? You, you don't leave the room. You don't, you don't turn your back on them, but you give them space. Mm-hmm. And you think back, you know, I didn't turn on a dime. I didn't, you know, I didn't figure this stuff out. I had to process it when I was growing up. Yep. These guys have got their own minds. They're growing up. And you've got to give them time to work things out. Mm-hmm. So don't keep pressuring them. Like, tell them something Monday and on Tuesday say, well, what would you think about it? What, what, what do you think about what I said yesterday? <laughs> give them some time to process. Then also you have to, and this is probably one of the most important, is start a culture of conversation in your house. Mm-hmm. Your kids have to trust that you are conversing. And when conversing means not a lecture. Right. Right. I know there are times, Tom, that you've had to lecture your kids. Because trust once. me, I've had to do it. I've just only once. Had to do it one time. Yeah, I've done it more than once. Yeah. But, but I'll be honest with you, the real progress happens when there's a conversation. There are times when I have to be that parent and say, oh, you cannot light your sister on fire. You know, I've got to <laughs> lay down the law. But there are times when I need to say, well, what do you think? Right. And have a conversation. Yeah. And if you start that culture, they're going to trust you. Yeah. Right. They're going to want to make sure 
that that, uh, that there's a conversation going on before they start telling you what they really think and feel. Right. They don't want to feel lectured to. And then also, you've got to be honest when you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You've got to be honest when they ask the question and you don't know the answer. And what's so cool is that leads to the very next one, which is you do this together. Like right. you, you, you sit with them. You go on a journey with them. Even though you might already, quote, unquote, be there, mm-hmm. you are actually going back to where they are and say, hey, let's go do this class together. Let's read this together. Let's have a conversation together. Right. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing. But then at the end of the day, you have got to show them respect. Right. And dignity. And you've got to let them choose. You cannot turn yeah. on their faucet of That's belief. Right. That's right. No matter what you do. So these are really big and important concepts. And, you know, also there's just this, this idea that you've got to involve the saints mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. Don't do it all on your own. You've got to pray. Right. You know, I think a good one is St. Monica. Big time. We had St. Monica in the break. You know, my lovely wife was talking about St. Monica praying for St. Augustine. Yeah. Who knows? He wouldn't have been a Catholic bishop, I think, without the prayers of his mother. Oh, no doubt. So the prayers of a parent are very, very, very powerful. But even so, the prayers of parents of saints, like St. Monica, what a powerful intercessor she would be. Yeah. So invoke those prayers. Mm -hmm. You pray yourself. Be a holy person. Turn to God, which leads us to the last one. Probably the most important is let the Holy Spirit do the work. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You know, so often we will say that, oh, look what I did. Yeah. In reality, I didn't do that. Oh, no. No way. You know, it's really God accomplishing all these things. God is the one that transforms. God is the one that changes hearts. Yep. God is the one that reaches deep down inside someone mm-hmm. and just lets them know that they're loved, right? And lets them know that, that he wants them in a certain place, you know, to follow his will. And sometimes he uses us as instruments. Yep. Right? So we have to be as the father would be to that child. Sure. Love and mercy sometimes, you know, a, a, a sternness. But really the reality is it's we're doing all of this because we love you. Oh, yeah. Right? But realizing that it's the Holy Spirit that's at work here. Yep. Right? So if we're doing all these things, if we're, if we're giving them time, if we're giving them space, mm-hmm. letting them process it, if we're, if we're starting a culture of conversation, if we're honest with them and genuine, mm-hmm. right? If we're on the journey with them and not just saying, hey, go and do this and come back and let it report back to me, right? And we show them respect and dignity. Those things will just open the door to our then re- getting intercession from the saints, from the angels. Or they got a guardian angel. We got guardian angels mm-hmm. that are hard, they're working hard for us. Mm-hmm. And then just turn the whole thing over to God, the Holy Spirit. God's going to make it all right. That's right. Be patient, right? But also be love. And just really never stop being a parent to your child. That is so important that you Amen. never stop. No matter how old they are, you are their parent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts you've given us. And in a special way, we thank you for our children and all of those you've placed in our care. Give us, we pray, the courage, the wisdom, and the love we need to be good parents and caregivers and assist us in building your kingdom here on earth as we prepare for the glory of the world to come. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.